Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today marks the first episode of the new year, and if you're like me, you were eagerly anticipating being able to turn the calendar to a fresh year, to 2021, and hopefully a brighter and healthier new year for all of us. Today, I wanted to talk about a topic that, quite frankly, you won't hear me talk about much, but since nothing was normal in 2020, I thought I would dip my toe into this. And the topic I really dread talking about and actually encourage my clients to not think about are trends. And the reason being is, unlike the fashion world where trends are prevalent, and every summer, spring, fall collection, resort collection, you know, all of those create trends within their industry. Now, if my hemlines are slightly off from last year's trends, I can simply go out and buy a new pair of pants or a new dress and have those hemlines be, quote, on trend. The problem, if you translate that into my world, is they're very expensive. It's by no means the cost of a dress. Uh, We're talking redoing entire rooms sometimes. Even taking out and adding in accessories can really add up over time, and in particular, if you pay attention to all the trends. Now, all the companies I work with, they launch new collections often twice a year. Now, that has changed with the economic changes that have occurred, but I would say for the most part, they're twice a year. So you can imagine how often new product, new trends are being put out in the marketplace. And actually, it's January, so I'm anticipating several new launches in a lot of my brands. They've already been marketing for it to tell us to look out for it. So I'm not a big fan of trends because one, it can be very expensive to maintain and stay ahead of. And two, they're just created by marketing teams or brands. They're not necessarily based in anything to do with you and your home and your neck of the woods in your part of the country. But today I've made an exception because what I want to talk about in trends is not necessarily whether pink or blue is going to be on trend, but really the projects that you might be considering for this coming year. Now, in a past episode, we've talked about how to evaluate when a good time is to start a project and also which project is the best for you at this time. So I'm not going to go into those details again, but let's just assume that you have determined it's a good time to start a project. And again, let's assume you have a short list. So I'm going to talk about trends that came up last year during the pandemic. Now, some will be very obvious and some might not be as obvious. So this may influence what you take on next. 
regardless of whether we go back to, quote, normal life or not, I do think that these trends will stay around for a while simply because we learned how valuable they can be to our home and our life inside our house. So the first trend, obviously, was forced upon us. And that happened last spring when the world shut down and everybody was forced to work remotely. And I I worked from home for the last 15 years and was amazed at how many of my friends called me in a panic and said, Renee, how do you do this? I'm so disorganized. I'm so distracted. I can't seem to get anything done. And it, it made me chuckle because I hadn't thought of that, right? I'd already overcome those obstacles years ago and quite frankly, don't even think about them anymore. So I gave them some tips and tricks that I use in my day-to-day life to be able to work from home and yet be as productive as possible. So what that created was a need for home offices. And most homes don't have a designated home office. If they're lucky, they might have a home workspace, you know, an area on the side of their kitchen or an area in the corner of a family room. And that's what most of my friends that started using and quickly realized that that just doesn't work. It's distracting. There's noise. There's people walking in and out. There's no privacy. You name it. And it just didn't work. And that doesn't even go into the fact that they were simply at writing desks. They weren't at functioning office desks. So I actually started helping clients mid-year creating home offices and for two reasons. One, two of my clients were told that they were going to be working from home from now on. That was it. Their companies had changed the way they operated. And these two people were going to be working remotely 95% of the time coming in periodically for team meetings. So we were quickly challenged with how do we do this and how do we do it quickly? So while I never encourage any construction project to be done quickly, there are ways of being expedient in them. So in this case, neither of these clients were moving. So we had to quickly evaluate the existing square footage, the existing floor plan of all of, the, of these two homes and determine the best use of space. For one client, we actually have divided their living room into two rooms. We were lucky enough that the main hallway went down the side of this room so we could actually create two separate entranceways. Now, is that ideal for everyone? No, possibly not. He did get a private office, not a large space, but we utilize the space efficiently. And he has a much smaller living room. Now he and his wife recognize that they don't use their living room that much. And they were willing to forego that additional square footage in order to create a home office that was fully functioning for him and his day-to-day activities. Now, the other client we are working with, we can't find that space. There's not an area where he is willing to forego existing square footage. So we even evaluated being in the basement. And while we obviously found space in the basement, and it is a finished basement, he came to the determination that he didn't want to go down there every day. And quite frankly, that's important to determine in the beginning of a project. At first, he thought it would be no big deal, but as the week went on, I think he played it out in his head that he would have breakfast and then go down to the basement. Now, there were some windows, but they were short windows, as obviously this is below ground. 
And he just said to me, I can't do it. I just don't want to work underground every day. So we are investigating a small addition. And in the meantime, he is still set up on a folding table in his den. Now he's sort of kicked everybody out of the den, which has pushed everybody down into this finished basement. But these are things that we are learning to accommodate while we're making these pretty massive changes in our lifestyles. Now, the third client has determined that even when his office does open up, he thinks he will be at home two to three days a week. And simply because he enjoys it and he has that flexibility from his employer. So he did have an office. It wasn't a very functioning office. And there were other things in that room. There was a TV. The kids would play their video games in there. So we had to sort of rearrange some things and add in a built-in for him to have his printer and two huge monitors and other things that were required and will be required going forward. So his situation was a little easier to manipulate. But still, we had to rearrange space, find space for that game box in another room for the kids, and also put on doors. There were actually no doors on this space. So the plan is to put sliding doors on so that when he's not in the office, it can still be open and not feel closed off. So these are areas I don't see going away. And since most homes haven't been built with a dedicated office, which to be honest, I think will be changing, I think architects are now rethinking that for projects going forward. You need to be creative, walk through your space, see which rooms you could carve out a small space. Perhaps you don't need 100% privacy. Perhaps you don't need anything but a surface for a laptop. Everybody's work requirements will be different and unique to themselves. But I will caution you to think beyond today, beyond the job you have now, because if you are building something in, if you are segmenting rooms, you want to make sure you leave yourself a little growth space in there. Meaning if you're only working on a laptop now, but you think you're going to be going for a job change in the next couple of years, think to yourself, will I need a home printer? Will I need really large monitors? This one client, his monitors required 28 by 25 clear space and he wanted them enclosed in cabinets. Well, that's a unique situation. So now, can we do that? Of course, we build a cabinet. We actually took out the shelves and put in one roller shelf so he can just pull them in and out as needed. But knowing that in advance makes it custom to him. Now, we've created that other shelf. It's just sitting in the basement. So if his situation changes, the monitors change, he can put the shelf in and have fully functioning cabinets for other purposes. So these are the details that are really critical to be thinking through and thinking in advance. And of course, you're never going to think of all the details, but just giving it some thought will really help you plan out your spaces to be as effective as possible. So the second space, and this is similar, are children's bedrooms and children's workspaces. I get involved in a lot of children's bedrooms. And to be honest, I would say maybe 50% of the time do we put desks in their bedrooms? Uh, And for several reasons, we've never really had to do it. Most of my clients' children prefer to do their homework either in the kitchen, at the kitchen dining table, or some other location. And so the parent hasn't really felt like bothering putting a a desk in their bedroom simply to take up the space. And if a desk is put in, it's often just sort of a glorified table, more of a writing desk than a fully functioning desk. Now, that obviously changed, and boy, was I scrambling to find desks for my clients' kids this past year. 
So I think going forward, even when they're back in a brick and mortar school situation, they've now developed habits of studying quietly in their rooms. I think more kids will continue to want to do that and providing that space for them will allow them that option. I also, I don't know if you can think back to the 80s, but it used to be a pretty big trend to build in desks and bookcases in children's bedrooms. I wouldn't be surprised if that trend peaks in again with future homes. If done creatively, they can morph over time. So when your child goes off to college, you can possibly take out the desk unit and put in a nice bench, a decorative bench, and just have the bookcases. So again, these are things you can think through and think for the future so that you can enjoy those built-ins at the different stages of these kids' lives. The other trend I noticed, and I noticed in my own home, were kitchens and how they functioned. Now, I think a lot of people spent more time cooking. I know I did. And whether you enjoyed it or not is a personal matter. But for a lot of people, they found that the cooking that they were doing and or learned to do wasn't being supported by their kitchen, meaning they found they didn't have enough refrigerator space. Their pantry was woefully too small. Their ovens weren't big enough. They didn't have enough ovens to do all of the cooking they wanted to do. Their sink was too small or they had too many. They had a double sink and they didn't need their double sink. The various issues will be personal to you, but I do see kitchens being reevaluated from a standpoint of cooking. And I have to say, I have very few clients who really cook. And so the kitchens we create for them need to be functioning, don't get me wrong, but they don't need to function in the same way as someone who truly cooks. And I learned that years ago when I created a kitchen for a client who really cooks. She had incredibly specific needs as far as the number of ovens she needed, what type of oven, whether they were gas or electric. She actually wanted one of both. She wanted a space for baking. Therefore, she needed marble in certain areas. She wanted wood in other areas. It was really eye-opening for me since I'll have to admit, I'm not that kind of a cook and I don't ever see myself becoming one. But it was fascinating to listen to the real requirements and why they were required. I learned a vast amount of information from this one client and she has an amazing kitchen. Luckily, she likes to share some of her creations with me. So I really believe that kitchens are going to be reevaluated going forward from the aspect of how it will help me cook more effectively. And of course, tagged on to that is how my family can use the kitchen, meaning do they dine in the kitchen? Do you have a separate kitchen dining area? Do you have a counter with stools and that's where breakfast is eaten or that's where the kids have their snack? So I think these spaces were really stretched to their limits this past year because we were home for all of our meals and snacks and cleanup and everything in between. And we quickly came to realize what wasn't working. And I think that's a good thing. I have always felt that kitchens tend to fall into a programmed design of some sort, the triangle approach, where you have the triangle. One point of the triangle is the refrigerator. One point of the triangle is the sink. And one point of the triangle is the cooktop. I've never bought into that that's the only solution for every kitchen. Now, it's a good guideline to start with. 
and we certainly do keep it in mind. But I, I'm encouraged by the fact that people are going to be looking at their own spaces with their own needs in mind. And I think the last room that will really be focused on is the master bathroom. Now, people have often spent more money on the master bathroom than they have on secondary bathrooms. But I believe this past year showed us that we do need more self-care. We need spaces that we can escape to and not necessarily just escape to and close a door, but escape to and feel restored. And that can be done in a bathroom. There are so many products on the market that create a spa-like experience in your own bathroom. And not all of them are expensive, but I believe going forward when people are redoing their bathrooms, they're going to be exploring more of these options that will allow their bathroom to be a true sanctuary and go-to space to support their mental health. And that can be a steam shower, if that's something you enjoy, or it can be a rain head with body sprays. It can be music. There are options for light therapy, bathtubs with champagne bubbles versus a whirlpool tub, all sorts of options. And some of them are outlandish, but they all add in to the experience that you're trying to achieve. Regardless of the normalcy we go back to in this coming year, I think we've all learned a very valuable lesson as far as the value of a fully functioning home that supports your current lifestyle. So when you're looking over your list of projects to do, if any of these areas are on that list, I would say that this is the one to focus on for this coming year. We aren't out of the woods yet. We know we're still not yet at work. So if you are still needing a home office, you may find that you will need a home office even after your office goes back to work. Sadly, same thing with our children. They're going to be at home for a little while longer, and let's hope that's it. But going forward, they may still enjoy the quiet and peace that they have learned to use in their bedrooms. And therefore, they're going to need a proper setup and not just a folding table or hunched on their bed or sitting on the floor, but a true working desk setup. And the kitchen. I know I'm evaluating my kitchen because my family and I were stepping on top of each other in what I call the work zone. And I threatened to create a schedule of when someone could be in the work zone and when they couldn't, just so that we didn't step on top of each other. And then lastly, the master bath. I think there are areas of opportunities, even if you're not doing a full gut of the bathroom, that you can add in simple pleasures that make your your time spent in there peaceful and restorative. I know I love to listen to music, and not everybody likes to listen to the music I like to listen to. So adding music into your bathroom can be that time where you can listen to whatever it is you enjoy and have that peaceful moment to yourself. I truly feel those are the lessons that we are going to take away from 2020 and why I felt the need to discuss these four trends to guide you through your decision-making process for your next projects. Now, I can't say you'll hear me talking about trends very much beyond that, so this may be a one and only. But I do feel after the year we've had that we're all covering areas that we haven't discussed in the past. 
So I would love to hear from you which areas you're going to tackle first and which personal touches you're going to add in to support the work that you need to do in your home going forward. Thanks again for joining in. I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.